Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I know I, I really appreciate um, the support uh, that, that you give me to go on on these trips, especially this one that I went on this past time. I simply could not do it if I, if I did not have the support of my church family, and I thank you so much for that. And God has placed us in a position that we can do things like this because we have such good leadership here at Grace. We've, we've got Pastor Jason and Pastor Stephen, and, and, uh, and they're very capable, godly men. And then we have our elders, and and we even have godly interns like, like Neil. I mean, God has given us so much. And, and all of that working together, our entire church body working together is what makes something possible for me to go and share God's word uh, with, with people in places that, uh, that are hard to reach, uh, but, but they're very loving people. And so it's really great, great to be back with you. You know, when you, when you travel internationally, um, there's, there's a document that becomes very, very important. In fact, it never, it never leaves my body. I even have it on me this morning. It's my passport. You always have your passport with you. It used to be that you could just take copies of your passport. You know, you could leave your passport in your room or wherever you're staying, and you take a copy of your passport with you. But um, it's not that way. Passport now uh, is, is vitally important when you're traveling because it proves who you are. And more importantly, it proves what country you belong to. And that's a pretty big deal now today when you travel to be able to prove that if needed, who you are and where you're from. And that's what's really interesting about the fruit of the Spirit, the nine that we're talking about. They're very much like a passport. They prove who you are, and they prove who you belong to. When, when these fruit of the Spirit, when, when, when God's Spirit works in us in such a way that we become the nine things that are listed in Galatians, it is proof. It's like our, it's like our spiritual passport. It proves to the world who we are, our identity, and who we belong to. And that's why it's so important that we take some time to look at the fruit of the Spirit, because it allows us to see when we look in the mirror, am I, are, are, are those things coming out of me? Are, are the things listed here in Galatians, do they do they find their way out of me? And it becomes proof of who we are. In Galatians chapter 5, 
we find the list there. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There's a lot of laws. There's a lot of laws in our land. So many laws, we can't keep up with them. But there are no laws against these because they're just good. They're just good. And no one gets angry or upset with people who have these things coming out of their life. They may not like them, they may not understand them, but they respect people who behave this way. That's why there's no laws against it. This morning, we're going to be talking about patience. God has a sense of humor because when I went away, I was thinking, wow, I've got Pastor Stephen. He's going to get it going. Neil's going to get it going. Where, where, what, what, what do I get to preach when I get back? Patience. Oh, of all the things to talk about, patience. Uh, Cherry, if she were here in the room, would tell you I'm the least qualified to talk about this and to share from God's Word. If you read an, an older uh, version of the Bible or, or if you read um, a different translation, the word patience isn't used, it's forbearance. Uh, that's how they used to translate that Greek word, forbearance, but most of us in here don't know what that means. So they, to keep up with language, they, they changed it to the regular vernacular that we use, and, and that word is patience, patience. Even though we can say it, many of us don't know what it is. Uh, most of us, if I were to say, what is patience? Almost all of us in here would say, well, it means we need to learn to wait. Except that's not what patience is. Patience, there, that, that's part of it. Part of it is, is waiting, but that's not what patience means. Patience literally means steadfastness, constancy, consistency, uh, uh, perseverance. It means uh, remaining the same even when it's difficult. So it means, it means the person doesn't change even though circumstances change. That's what it means to be patient. It also means that, that uh, it's, it, it means to hold back an enforcement of a rule. Think about this for just a moment. It means that when a rule is being broken, the person who realizes that the rule is being broken holds back from enforcing the rule. So if you take these two things and you put them together, it's the idea of someone remaining the same when circumstances change, and the idea that they hold back enforcing an, a, a rule, literally what patience means is slow to anger. That's what it means. If we were to look at the nine qualities here, what we would find is that these are all attributes of God himself. God is these nine things. God is patient. If we go and you look through the Bible, the Bible says nine different times, God is slow to anger. 
patient. He's patient. He is steadfast. The world changes, but he doesn't change. He sees all kinds of rules being broken, but he many times withholds enforcing those rules. Thank goodness, right? Because we break a lot of rules. So he's patient. He is slow to anger. And that's what he's desiring would be produced in me and you. And it is not popular. It is not something that is held up and is, and is said, this is the way you want to be. No, in today's world, if you're angry, let's let everybody know. That, that's how we deal with our anger. Everyone now has a social media platform, and most of them use it to express their anger. That's how it's used. And it's quickly quickly. I mean, it's amazing how quick people will get on a social media site and begin to share how angry they are. It's something that has happened in their life. And here's what's interesting is once you put it out there, it can't ever be retracted. It can't, it can't come back. It doesn't disappear. And so everyone who strolls through their social media, they find our anger where we've expressed it. This morning, I want us to think about what it means to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that we might become patient people. That doesn't mean waiting people. It means slow to become angry people. That's what, that's what you and I have been called to be in this world that we find ourselves living in. Slow to become angry. It doesn't mean that we don't get angry. We do. There are some things worth getting angry about. But we're going to talk about the difference between anger and uncontrolled anger. And really, that's what patience is about. It's about being slow to express uncontrolled anger. So I want us to think about seven Seven ways to cooperate with the Spirit when it comes to being a patient person. And some of this you've heard before, we just need to be reminded. We're going to be looking at a, uh, several passages of Scripture, most of them coming out of Proverbs, where Proverbs talks a lot about people who have anger issues. And so we're going to be looking at that. But the first thing that I would like to point out, if we're going to let the Spirit develop patience inside of us, we must be committed to hate personal uncontrolled anger. We must hate it within ourselves. Listen, all of us hate. All of us hate something. But typically what we hate is what we see in other people. And that's part of the problem of you and I developing patience in our own life is that we don't hate what comes out of us. We hate it when it comes out of somebody else, but when it comes out of us, we think we're justified. I have a right to say what I just said. I have a right to treat that person the way I just treated them. They made me angry. If they were doing that to me, I would say, I hate that in you. But we don't hate it when it comes out of us. And when that happens, it makes it very difficult. It makes it challenging for you and I to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is trying to do inside of our lives. Proverbs 16.32 says, it's better to be patient than powerful. 
better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Well, we don't say that in our politics. We don't say that in our workplace when we're jockeying for a position there. We don't even say that in our homes when we're disagreeing with our spouse or when we're disagreeing with our kids. It's better to be patient than powerful. When anger is under control, it is an asset. Anger under control is actually a good thing. When things happen in the world that are wrong, when there's injustice, when, when the weak are being taken advantage of, when we see something that is wrong becoming right, yes, we should be angry. But under control, under control anger, not out-of-control anger. When our anger is under control, it can motivate us to do something. It can motivate us to to become an agent of change. When anger is uncontrolled, we're not an agent of change. We are an agent of the devil. But we don't ever think of it that way. We, We don't perceive that that's what's happening. People have talked to me sometimes about their uncontrolled anger. And it's funny because I, I do this too. If, if I get angry sometimes, I just think, well, there it is. I'm angry. It's out of control. I can't control it. There's nothing I can do. We can control our anger all the time. In fact, we do it all the time. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been angry at someone and my phone ring and I answer it and say, hello. <laughs> I mean, I'm angry, but they don't know I'm angry. I'm real sweet with the person on the phone. See, we can control our anger whenever we want to. So it's not a matter of us saying, I just can't control it. Yes, we can control it. We certainly can. It's just a matter of you and I allowing the Spirit of God to control it within us. If we we don't do this, we don't learn to let the Spirit of God control our anger within us. As God's people, collectively, we're going to lose influence in the world. We already have. Because the world is an angry place. And if we just act like the world, then then how are we different? How are we different if we're just angry like everybody else? And, and expressing our anger in uncontrolled ways. Nothing wrong with being angry. It's, it's how we express it that we have to let the Spirit of God help us. Another thing that, that I would encourage us to think about is, is think about what uncontrolled anger costs. Have you ever noticed that the word anger is only one letter away from danger? That's how it works. When we are angry and it gets uncontrolled, we are really close to danger in our life. Look at Proverbs 14, 17. A quick-tempered person does foolish things. You can read about them in the headlines every day. Every day. 
Proverbs 14, 29. Anyone who is patient has great understanding, but anyone who gets angry quickly shows how foolish he is. Look at Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. We could use some patient people in our world. That would bring some calm back to society. If somebody would be patient, slow to anger, as God is. I heard a pastor tell one time that a church member came up to him and said to him that uh, his anger uh, was, was just, he couldn't help it. And he said, you know, I, I, I have this anger issue, and it's just my cross to bear. And the pastor looked at him and said, no, no, it's your family that bears that cross. It's your sin to carry. And that's how anger works. But we all think we're justified in our anger and that people just should learn to deal with us. And that creates a problem. Anytime we do this, anytime we let our, our anger go uncontrolled, you know what it costs? Relationships. That's, what, that's the bridges that get burned. The people that we hurt with our anger. See, the world is looking for a place where people can disagree and still love each other. Do you think that's even possible? A place where people disagree, they don't see eye to eye. They see it very differently. But they still respect each other, even though they disagree with each other. I, I can't help but think of the disciples who were quite a, an odd band of men. You, you had men on different ends of the political spectrum, each called to be Jesus' disciples. Simon the Zealot, Matthew the tax collector. You could not get two politically polar people, more polar people together than those two. And yet somehow they were a part of changing the world for the name of Jesus Christ. Something tells me they had to learn to be slow to anger with each other. And the world's still looking for that. And what's happening inside the church is that, is that we are becoming a mirror of what the world does. We're not an alternative. We're just reflecting back to them the way they're acting. And who wants to be a part of that? I can join anything and be angry. But there's not many things that you can join where you're taught to learn to be patient. And that's what God's trying to produce inside of us. Look at Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. All kinds. Anger, it costs us relationships. Think about with this with me for just a moment. There are families represented in this room and watching online right now that still aren't speaking to each other because of COVID. 
the angry words that were said, the angry things that happened through that experience, they're still not talking. The relationship is what they lost because they were angry. Listen, right now in our culture, this happened while I was away. I didn't know what to expect when I came home to when Roe v. Way, when that was all overturned. And I was wondering, you know, was I going to come back to a raised society where nothing functioned anymore? Thankfully, it wasn't that bad. But there's a lot of angry people right now. Both ways. Now, I, this, this, I'm going to tell you something. This is just free this morning, okay? This isn't, this isn't in the notes. This is just free. But, but let, me, let me try to explain this. I believe the overturning of Roe v. Wade was answered to years worth of praying. But listen to me carefully, church. With answered prayer comes added responsibility. With answered prayer comes added responsibility. And the way I see some believers acting right now in response to this, I'm not sure they're believers. God's people don't act that way. We got to learn to control our anger. And, and it's the Spirit of God that does that within us. And what happens if we don't do this, we burn bridges. Don't you understand? I have people in my life. I have people in my life right now who disagree with me about abortion. But I love those people. I care about those people. And shame on you if you don't have anyone in your life that disagrees with you. Shame on you. If you don't have a friend, if you don't have a family member, if you don't have a coworker that you don't have a relationship with, a friendship with, that, that they don't disagree with you about something, shame on you. What kind of witness are you? I would say you're not one at all. When are we going to start caring about people as much as we care about issues? That's what the world's looking for. They're looking for patient people under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God, slow to be angry. That was free. Third thing I'd like for us to think about is wait before speaking angry words. We should wait before we speak angry words. Proverbs 29, 11 says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Anger is stirred basically by three things. There's hurt, there's frustration, and there's fear. And when we encounter one of those things, it's easy to become angry. Somebody hurts us, and we get angry. Somebody frustrates us, and we get angry. If we grow afraid about something, we get angry. And then we start saying things. We start posting things. We start letting our words go out. And, and what's, what's amazing, what happens is, is the more that people talk on social media, the more fools we realize we have in society. 
It's amazing how everybody on Facebook or social media, whatever your favorite one is, they're all experts about what they're talking about. I mean, there's people who've gone to school for years and years and years who are still trying to figure things out, but, but somebody on Facebook got it all figured out. And they're telling the rest of the world how dumb and how stupid they are. That's what fools do. They vent their anger. You know, when you get angry and you need to say something, I'm not saying you should never speak. I'm just saying don't speak the first thing that comes to mind. Wait. Give God some space to work in your life before you start speaking about your anger. You don't have to wait a week or a month. I've discovered sometimes I can just wait 10 minutes. If I'll just wait 10 minutes, something will look different than it did 10 minutes ago. If I'll just wait 10 minutes. Thomas Jefferson said, I'm not a big Thomas Jefferson fan. I mean, I know he's a pretty big, important guy as far as the American Constitution goes. But beyond that, I'm not a big fan. But he did say this, and he said some pretty good things. He says, when you're angry, count to 10 before you speak. And when you're very angry, count to 100. That's pretty wise. Another thing I'd, I'd like for us to consider when we're angry is that we should learn to release our anger appropriately. There's nothing wrong with letting people know we're angry about something. But we must find the appropriate way to let that anger out. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 is a, is a favorite of a lot of people, especially angry people. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down, sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. A lot of times, especially angry people, when they read this verse, they see it as permission to explode on someone before they go to bed. And they say, you know what? I'm following Scripture. I was angry, and I had to get that off my chest before I went to sleep tonight. That's not what this verse is talking about. That's not what it's saying at all. The verse is simply saying that when we are angry, it is possible to be angry and not sin if we will avoid two things. Because there's two ways, two incorrect ways to express our anger. The first one is, is what we've been talking about, the, the idea of just losing control. Uncontrolled anger is not the right way to release our anger. But this verse is talking about another way. It's, it's very popular in our society. And, and we call it, clinically, it's called passive-aggressive behavior. But basically what that means is someone is angry, but they're pretending they're not. That's an inappropriate way to release our anger. And if we do either one of these things, if, if, if we, uh, are just, we just go unhinged when we get angry... That, that's not good, and we're going to give the devil a foothold in our life. But if we're passive-aggressive with our anger, we're angry, but we're going to pretend we're not angry, you're also giving a foothold to the devil in your life. Because what happens is, is when you and I, when we release our anger in an inappropriate way, it escalates things. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. 
But the person that you're angry with, when, whether it be your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, someone here at church, when you're angry with someone and you let that anger out in an, in, in an inappropriate way, you either, you're either uncontrolled or you're passive aggressive. What happens is, is it gives permission to that person to behave the same way. And now the devil has a foothold. And he can begin to wreak his havoc on that relationship. You and I, we must learn to release our anger appropriately. Communicate it, but not uncontrolled and not denying it. The fifth thing that I would like for us to consider when it comes to being a patient person is let Christ change the thinking process. Look at what Romans 12, 2 says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Folks, we've talked about this before. The way we think determines the way we feel. The way we feel many times influences the way we behave. For God's people, our beliefs should influence our thinking, not our feelings. And what happens many times to us, especially when we're getting angry, is that our feelings take over, and they begin to control the way we think, and then we, we do something foolish. We say something foolish. We've got to let Christ change the way we think. Our beliefs must control what we're thinking. Hopefully our beliefs are coming from the scriptures, that, that we can look to the scriptures and say, yes, I'm angry. I'm upset about what's going on in my family or at the workplace or in the world or at church or with my neighbor. I'm upset. I'm angry. I have a right to be angry. But God's word speaks to me about injustice. God's word speaks to me about his control. God's word speaks to me about his power and his influence and what he's doing in the world. The problem is we don't let that control our thinking. And our anger gets out of hand. And we have nothing in society to help us do this. I'm telling you right now, if, you, if you're spending any amount of time watching something on TV or listening to the music or engaged in some type of, of entertainment, whether it be on the internet, YouTube, whatever it is you're doing, there's just not very many examples in the entertainment industry, good examples for how to, hang, how, how to handle our anger. You see, in the entertainment industry, when somebody gets angry, they go get a gun. Or they smack somebody. Or they intimidate someone. Or they start using unbelievable profanity. Or they start name-calling. And none of that is appropriate. None of it. I was with someone the other day who was angry at someone in their family, and they shared with me something they watched on TV that was similar, whatever was going on in that story was happening in their life, 
And they said, you know, in that TV show, what that person did is they just went to him and punched him right in the face. That's what I want to do. And I said, your life's not a TV show. It's just not. But many of us, when it comes to our anger, that's the examples that we've seen so much of. That's what we've watched on TV. We see it on the news. We see it in, our, in what we call our entertainment. And, and when we get angry, it's like, well, that's how everybody acts. That's how everybody talks. That's what everybody does when they're angry. We've got to let the Lord change the way we think about this. If we're going to become patient people, Slow to anger people. The sixth thing that I'd like to, to, uh, for us to consider when it becomes, uh, comes to being a patient person is, is to hang out with patient people. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 says it this way, don't, bef- don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Endanger your soul. It's an interesting phrase. Now, first of all, let's talk about friends for just a moment because they're used to live in a world where the friends that we have were people that we could actually see during the day. Now our friends are all over Facebook. They're all over social media. And believe it or not, there's probably some people sitting in this room right now that their closest friends, they never actually see them face to face. They're constantly talking back and forth via some type of something on the internet. There's nothing wrong with that, except that what happens on on our social media outlets is, is that there are algorithms in place that when you start to vent your anger, guess what? That algorithm hooks you up with people who are just as angry as you are about the same thing. And after a while, your entire feed is nothing but people who see it like you see it. And if you're angry, and if you're ticked off, and if they're angry, and they're ticked off, it's just feeding you. And we hang out there. We don't ever listen to the other side. We don't listen to anyone except who sees it like we see it. telling you that's not good for us it's not good for your family it's not good for our country hang out with some patient people hang out with someone that that's not angry all the time it's not ranting all the time hang out with those people because the Bible's pretty clear that if we don't do this, it could endanger our soul. Do you know what that word soul means? It is our entire being. It is the way we think. It is the way we feel. It is the choices we make. It's what's going on physically in our body. It's what's happening spiritually and emotionally inside of us. Our soul is our entire being. And what, and what the writer in Proverbs was saying is, is that, if, that if we only hang out with angry people, if we're not careful, we're going to become like them, and it could endanger your soul, your entire being. Everything about us. In danger. 
because of anger. The last thing I'd like to point out about becoming a patient person is learn to accept the patience God is giving. Romans 15.5. So, so here's the thing. Here's what you and I need to know. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God resides inside of you. The Holy Spirit of God is currently actively right now trying to produce patience in all of our lives that we would all become slow to anger. Some of us sitting here and watching online, we've, we've gotten farther along in the process than others, right? I mean, we all, you can probably think of someone around you. I, I think of my wife, who happens to be the slowest to anger person I've ever been around. But I've noticed that the longer we're married, it seems to be getting a shorter fuse with me. I'm not sure what's going on right there. But she's still patient with everybody else. I'm not sure what's going on. But, but you, we all have someone that we can think of in our life that, that, that's, that they're a calm person. Things happen and, and they just remain steady. Yes, they feel it. Yes, they hurt. But they remain under control. There are people in the world that the Spirit of God has worked in, and, and they've learned how to accept what God is teaching them. They've learned to embrace the patience that he's trying to produce in them. And in Romans chapter 15, it speaks of it right here. It says, may God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. There's a story in the Old Testament of Moses Many of you that have been in church a long time, you know the story of Moses. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace. He was adopted by Pharaoh. He knew he was a Hebrew. He knew he was not an Egyptian. He grew up in the palace watching Hebrews be mistreated by society. And I think he knew God was doing a work inside of him to lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. The Bible tells us that one day as he was walking around, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And he engaged himself in that moment. And he lost control of his anger. And he killed that Egyptian. And he hid the body. Because apparently, where there's a lot of sand, it's easy to do that. The next day, he went back to his Hebrew friends. And they were like, you're going to lead us? What are you going to do if we disagree with you? You're going to kill us too? And he realized that what he had done had become public knowledge. And he fled Egypt. And for the next 40 years, he was on the backside of nowhere learning how to receive patience. And if you read the rest of the story, when he came back and he got the Egyptian people and he led them out of Egypt, there was a lot of disagreeing that happened. And Moses was patient. He didn't kill anybody. He learned it. It just took him 40 years. Hopefully, we can move at a little faster pace than 40 years. But every person that we read of in the Bible, every person that we would look to and say, man, that's a person of faith, every one of them had to learn patience. They had to learn to become slow to be angry. All of them. Moses, it took 40 years. David spent years hiding as a refugee in a cave. 
Joseph spent years of slavery in prison. Sarah and Hannah spent years in infertility, all waiting for God, slow to become angry. Still angry, but expressing it appropriately. Read about Hannah. Hannah was angry that she could not have a child, but she was expressing it at the temple to the Lord. That's where she was at. She had learned how to express her anger appropriately. James 1.20 says this, and I, I've had to learn this the hard way. I'm still learning it. I, I, I don't want to act as though I've got this figured out because all of you in here, if you've spent any time with me, you know that I get angry. In fact, most of the time I'm just angry. <laughs> I really am. And, and because I don't like a lot of what's going on in the world, and, and I, like you, don't get a lot of what I want. Right? Am I the only one like that? No, me and two other people, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. But look at what James 1.20 says. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Oh, I've had to learn that. And I have to remind myself of that over and over again when I get angry in a situation, when I see something going on, and I have that thought inside of me that says, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go tell that person what I really think. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to arrange it in such a way, oh, they're going to pay for that. And I feel justified because I got a Bible verse that can back it up. But I don't ever think about this Bible verse. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. What if we had applied that to the entire Roe v. Wade issue for the last 50 years? What if we apply it to the next political debate or the next societal issue that pops up? Right now, what's going on in our neighbor city of Akron? Listen, there's a lot to be angry about. Absolutely, I do not deny that. But human anger does not produce God's righteousness. Every one of us are going to get up and we're going to walk out of this room, and I guarantee you today, you will get angry about something something at home on the news shoot it could happen driving home somebody cuts you off I noticed all the wives looked at their husbands when I said that I don't know what that was about it's just a just an observation from up here folks I'm just telling you listen what are what are we going to do what are we going to do in that moment are we going to give God some space? Are we going to receive from him what he's trying to produce inside of us? Or are we going to take it by the reins, ourself, and say, you know what, I'm justified feeling this way. I'm justified saying these words. I'm justified to act the way I'm acting. Or will we stop and let our beliefs determine the way we think? That's how we cooperate with the Spirit. 
It's not easy to do. You can't do this without a relationship with Jesus Christ. In my opinion, this is impossible without Jesus Christ. You must know him as your personal Lord and Savior for him to be able to, to, to work these, these things into your life that we're talking about here in this passage, especially becoming a person who is slow to anger when the world is not going our way, when the circumstances are not in my favor. This is what it means to be a patient person. I want to leave you with a prayer that hopefully will be helpful to all of us this week. It says, Father, I live in an angry world. I've been convinced I'm entitled to have a life I want. I've been taught to express my anger in uncontrolled ways when I don't get what I want, and then to believe it is my right to do so. Father, forgive me. This is wrong. You saved me to be a patient person, not a quick-tempered person. You are committed to making me like you, slow to anger. I will cooperate with you. Rescue my soul from the danger of uncontrolled anger. I pray it in Jesus' name. I hope that can be your prayer this week. If you would like to talk to someone about how to do this, if you would like to, for someone to pray with you, or if you would like to join in others who are on the journey of trying to be patient people, I encourage you to text the word CONNECT to 330-400-2869. Text the word and let someone come along beside you who will pray for you and encourage you as we live in a world that's pretty ticked off. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being at Grace Bible Church. Have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you next week.